I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to part two of Hardcore Listing Podcast with Chris Glasson and Ollie Pike. No me, I'm just doing the intro. Um, I wasn't invited to this soiree. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of part one, Chris uh, now thinks he's better than me. Um, he's uh, He's got... Delusion, delusions of grandeur. He, he thinks he's um, the main man now. And um, yeah, fuck that guy. In the meantime, enjoy part two of Hard Collisting with Ollie Pike. See you at the end. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu. Present our core listing, the podcast. Hello, so we're back. We've um, we've been fed and watered um, with uh, yeah some tea, tea and biscuits. How 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 British of us? But it was chai tea, wasn't it? Yeah. And Belgium chocolate cookies. Don't so. knock it till you try it. No, exactly. Um, <laughs> right, so shall we? Um, let's crack on, matey. Yeah. Where are we? We was. I was going to throw, throw one in, wasn't I? Okay, so. This is going to be, um, so I'm going to throw in number two here, the, the second sort of area. So so for me, um, I would say that one of my like ultimate favourites, and um, three of my two and number one would be this one, and I'm going to leave you to do your, your piece de resistance, but num- my number one's Goonies. <gasps> I was going to bring this one up, but I didn't, really? so I'm glad that you did. Well, Amazing. There you go. Yeah. And, and so for me, Goonies captures what you said previously about being able to put yourself in their boots the idea of discovering a treasure map yeah. up in your loft still now and then going on the adventure that they do still now is like i don't know if there's anything else i'd rather do more mm, yeah <laughs> like it's absolutely to have your wee friends around you and then to discover something it's in a stormy night and you know, and you've got the added thing on the Goonies where their town's gonna get bulldozed over, yeah. basically. And the idea that you know you could go on this adventure and find this treasure and, and save your town and, and keep your community with all your friends is just the best. And then obviously, they go on just one hell of an adventure. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I mean, it's it's, it's weird because it, I almost am so tempted to say I don't think they make movies like that anymore. Um, they do, obviously. They make loads of wonderful things, but for me, there's nothing, nothing really tops that. It's, yeah. it's like it, it might be my top five movies of all time. And again, it's got loads of, it's got really nice, 
narratives in, uh, in it. Obviously, um, uh, Chunk, as they call him, <laughs> rather yeah. unforgivingly, but he befriends Sloth and they become really great yeah. friends, you know, and, and, and Sloth's, um, you know, he's, he's not your sort of average individual. He's obviously been, he's, he's grown up deformed and this hulking sort of like ogre type bloke and um but he's be- he's a beautiful person mm. and, and their relationship as it uh, develops is, is just fucking brilliant and so, then they save the day doesn't he help save the day he does he yeah. rips off his shirt and he's got a bloody superman yeah. shirt underneath it yeah and uh yeah he does he sort of like turns against his mum who's been abusive all these years and that and uh yeah saves the day but I love all the sort of like the puzzles that they yeah. have to solve as they, they go through they have to play that it. piano don't they oh gosh or yeah. something it's like a skeleton yeah. piano yeah. they say yeah, to unlock the doors, yeah, and then I have to walk over certain stepping stones, and oh, I love that. And as a kid, I could just disappear into my own fantasy world there. I used to, we, we've got woods backing onto us where me and uh, Ben grew up, and uh, we'd, we'd often go into into the woodlands and just, you know, have our own little adventures. So, oh, the Goonies is, oh, I see. It was, as soon as you said, I think I do kids' movies, it, straight away it was like, well, Obviously, Goonies is going to get he's going to get a mention. Definitely. So yeah, I, I absolutely I that. adore that. So I liked the bit when he she's at the bottom of the world and he, she's <sighs> going to come up, but then she doesn't, and then he pulls up the jacket. I can't remember her name. Andy. He's like yeah, yeah. Andy, you Goonie. <laughs> <laughs> what does Goonie even yeah, mean? I don't know. <laughs> well, so, uh, a great uh, group of my my girl mates. They call themselves the Goobers. Ah. And it's so cute, and they are all so. <laughs> fucking lovely and they've been the goobers since they kind of weren't they didn't know each other until really university and then they've all come from across the country but they've all pretty much swarmed and moved near each other and had kids together and the families are growing up but they're still the goobers and they're still the like they're the crazy girls that you know all stay together and they're just oh, it's so cute Aww. and I guess the goonies or whatever you called it is you just sort of like your little crew isn't yeah, it yeah it's about that friendship of you have with people, isn't it? And um, they've kind of like revamped the Goonies with the whole Stranger Things, didn't they? Did you see that on Netflix? Sure. Yeah, because it's a, like a very similar concept in terms of like, you know, set in the 80s, group of like school friends, like finding something and going on this like crazy adventure. Yeah, that's great. So, Did you like Stranger Things? Have you watched it? it uh, I've watched the first season. I thought it was great. It made me feel really anxious, like the opening titles. And I don't know whether it's because, like, they just got, like, everything about it was so spot on 80s. But even the font and the music and, like, that synth sound, it literally made me feel a bit weird. Yeah, it is. And it's all about... It's it's one of my favourite title sequences because it has that dark synth sci-fi thing that the 80s did really well. Yeah. And uh, I know know, know, know what you're thinking. It conjures feelings, doesn't it? Yeah. Of like VHS movies that I probably was a bit scared to watch as a kid. Yeah, it's great. I really, I, I enjoy it. But it is kind of they have re, sort of like reignited that sort of like Goonies vibe, and the cr- the crew's getting bigger, mm. isn't it? Yeah, I haven't I haven't actually watched season two or three, but they're on to like yeah season three now. Yeah, who was the who was the the girl that died in the in the first one? And they were like oh. justice for was she called Ruby? Oh, I can't remember her name now. It might have been Barbara. Really, yeah. Barbara, <laughs> definitely Barbara. Justice Hunter. for Barb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I keep, always keep thinking that maybe they're going to bring her back, but no. No, I think, I think she's she was gone. a fan favorite apparently. Yeah, yeah. 
She was cool. She was quirky. Yeah, so was but she. Lo- I have a friend called Ruby who she, who looks like her. So that's why I was like, "Was she called Ruby?" <laughs> yeah, no. Bar- Barb's really cool. They've, they've done good with it for sure. Um, yeah. Were there any other things that you're sort of watching on Netflix these days? I mean, you've you've you've, you've uh, binge watched Dark Crystal. Yeah, I. Um, I tend to watch a lot of anime actually. Oh, do you? Because. Obviously, I do animation, and I really enjoy watching animation just to see yeah. how they create emotions yeah. and characters with like just simple head movements or things. So I find it fascinating. And sometimes when I watch the anime, I'm like, God, it must have taken like such a huge team to do this sure. because the background play for like maybe a scene that's like two seconds is like. An absolute piece of art. Sprawling detail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched something which I thought was really cool. Um, oh, it was like vampires, but it was like... A Castlevania? An- yes! Yeah. How good was that? Yeah, it's really good. So I haven't finished it all yet. Uh, my cousin Robin... Yeah. Because uh, I, I love the computer game back in the day. That's what it was based on. Yeah. I didn't and, know this. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, what I've seen of it so far, I was really impressed by it. But that guy is now going to potentially do one of the, uh, one of the biggest sort of like... Um, manga series ever mm. called uh, uh, Berserk which is incredibly incredibly violent incredibly um, crazy dark world but brilliant yeah strange uh, incredible story arcs so on a, a, but also the artwork in the manga is fucking incredible Ali in these books they've been he's been writing it over 20 years he's still not finished it and um, but the books the level of detail in it is, mm. is absolutely mind boggling and yeah, so the guy who did Castlevania hopefully is going to take on that. It's a big task. That oh, amazing. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, that's amazing. Have you seen so? Have you uh, anime? I mean, have you seen um, uh, Akira? Have you gone back and ever watched that? No, what's that one? Dude, so Akira for me was kind of that was what there was another one called Ghost in the Shell and Akira. Oh yeah, I've watched some of that one. Yeah. Yeah, that really switched me on to sort of anime, and um, Akira was an epic one, mate. It's quite long, and the plot is very. Uh, like Eastern culture, which I think when you first start watching anime, sometimes it's difficult to understand that their yeah. narratives and their culture is kind of different. So sometimes, you're like, well, that doesn't make sense. Why would someone act like that? But then the more you watch, the more you get in tune with how their beats and how their stories yeah. and, the, and, and the sort of lessons they like to learn and, and teach their kids is different. Mm. Um, but Akira is like, if for artwork now, I mean, probably now you might think it's a bit backdated, but even when I watched it, two years ago it's still incredible and it was done a very long time ago like a long long time ago there so must be such a huge fan base for it because they keep oh, yeah. making it all but it's, it's never something that seemed to be like mainstream apart from that uh, what's his name uh, Studio Ghibli yeah. that tends to be a bit more mainstream because you'll see yeah. posters for that yeah yeah that, yeah that has spawned into the western culture yeah. definitely yeah but um, I watched something called Tokyo Ghoul yeah. which was cool yeah. and like again just bizarre and I had no idea what was going on but it was just stunning some also I find myself like weirdly attracted to a lot of the guys in it because they have like the most angular yeah. high cheekbone faces yeah. and they're yeah. like the perfect people <laughs> well, it's really weird you say that because the, um, so I think they call it hentai we're going to get into what, adult animation for Japan we won't go too far into it but it's strange because what the eastern culture did was they couldn't afford they didn't have like the Hollywood studios and they were like, what's rubbish about live action is that we can't really make it happen. But you know what we can do? We can draw it and mm. then we can do whatever we want. 
So that is how that became such a big culture out there. Is you could do whatever you yeah. want by drawing it. It didn't matter like if you couldn't do it in, in real life. And then what ended up happening... So there's this massive culture for it, but also then people end up... Well, as you say, they're attract- they are kind of attractive. It's like, hold on, that's a cartoon, but it is rather beautiful. Yeah. And I think they've had trouble with um, like Mojo in places like Japan because it's like people become so attracted to the animations that they're kind of looking at real life going, uh, mm. oh, it's not as good, is it, really? Yeah. So, powerful. It's, it's a strange, powerful though, format. They're ca- the characters, though, are they're weirdly like Americanized, aren't they? Yeah. So it's a very like specific style. So it's like, I wonder why they chose to draw them like that. Yeah. With big eyes as well. Yeah. I, I don't know where it comes from. I, I, you know, I, haven't dug, I haven't scratched enough of the surface yeah. on how it's done. But well, yeah. I used to love Pokemon as well when I was yeah. little. And that's obviously anime. Yeah. So that's like... Yeah, Ashy's eyes are 100% you know, all over the anime. Yeah, Pokemon's amazing. Yeah. Did, did you ever do Pokemon Go? Did you ever try any of that? I did for about three weeks non-stop. Yeah. And then it just... Was, you, was you self-employed? So you like, oh, yeah. got a hustle. Oh, I actually made friends though. Like... <laughs> We're not friends, but like I got talking to people, so you'd just be standing there at a train station and you'd see someone doing the same thing and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> hey mate. Have they re-released it now? Or is it? I don't know, yeah. probably. I avoided it. It's a bit like um, some computer games come out and I'm like, I can't play that because I'll never come back to reality. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, it has to stay in another box. But yeah, yeah that's really cool. Do you know in my, two of my most watched shows that I didn't think... I didn't think immediately I'll, I'll, I'll switch on to that, which I absolutely fucking adore, is RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes, how fucking amazing. Um, how amazing is that? Yeah. It's brilliant. Um, and Queer Eye, for sure. Ah. Like, have you ever watched it? I haven't actually watched Queer Eye yet, but I obviously need to, being an LGBT class Dude, it's, it's really cool. It's like the, some of the stories they did, so they sort of, and, and it's not always, uh, someone was Queer Eye, and it's not just for straight dudes, it's just that they will... Uh, Sort yeah. of take and reimagine or help someone who might be in a different situation. Yeah, because um, I know they helped like a trans man in one episode, didn't yeah. they? And yeah, so it's, it's they've definitely updated it because it was a show in the nineties, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't I never watched it back then, so I've only watched um, more recent series. But the 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 guys on it are brilliant, and um, the, the the show the, the episode that really blew me away, and it's this uh different takes. It was two business women who did like a sort of like a barbecue meat shack in America. Mm. And basically all they did is work all, all, all day long and they were absolute, sort of the earth, lovely, lovely women. And people were like, you know, they get into sort of like, I, I don't know how old they were, but they committed everything to their business and they did no, nothing else. And everyone loved them and they were like, come on girls, you've got to sort of like, just think about other things other than this. And it was just about how they didn't even see themselves as they could be attractive or desirable oh. anymore. And the guys got in and really helped me. And it doesn't feel artificial. It doesn't yeah. feel like forced or that anyone's sort of like sort of just in it because they've agreed to it and then they're reluctant. It's it's a really good show. It's quite addictive watching, mate. So I was really, really not thinking I'd be like, oh, I, you know, what are we going to watch tonight? And I'm like, stick on RuPaul. Yeah. Because she's just the funniest. Um, I was really surprised that uh, they'd be the ones that I go to. On, on that's Netflix. amazing. But again, yeah. it's like it's so amazing that that's become, you know, commercial now, and mm. it's just kind of put drag. It's just brought drag into like 
uh, wider society. Definitely. Well, it's weird because... we're having a UK drag, drag race. Yeah. That's starting soon. Yeah, that would be fun to watch. I'm yeah. looking forward to that. Um, I knew about RuPaul because I used to do club nights. I still do a few, but... And I remember being invited to put on a club night at this this huge venue, and then someone said, uh, RuPaul does a drag race here, and I was like, who's that? And she was like, it's a drag act, mm. she does X, Y, and Z. And they were like, she sells this place out. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All these boxes, which are like, because uh, it was like a theater type club, each one of these boxes, she sells out for a grand, and there was 20. And I'm like, so you're telling me she's making 20 grand just off the boxes, let alone all the other floor, and they're like, yeah, pretty much. And I was like, wow, she's a big deal then. Mm. And then, so then I think when Molly said, I'm gonna watch RuPaul's Drag Race, I was like, oh, I'm quite curious, I wanna see what's, what's going on here. And then you get into her personality, and then the, obviously the different relationships and yeah. the contestants and I think one of the big things I love about it is how creative people are with the clothing that they have to do mm. like, like that, that talent that hands on talent I'll never be bored of that I, I think that the things I enjoy doing the most a lot of the time is, 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 is artwork or painting or I even paint little figures sometimes it's mm. the most relaxing rewarding thing I'll ever do and um, so when I ever see people sort of like go, right, I've got a load of stuff here and I need to create something, I'm like, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah, they're so talented. Oh, yeah. And even with their makeup and their wigs and the, the yeah. shoes that they wear, it's insane. Yeah, it really is, like what they, what they have to do. And obviously there's the, there, there's the odd cat fight in there, which is quite the drama. Yeah, a bit but of drama. But again, there's often like a little storyline in there about, you know, maybe a character that will come out and... Uh, talk about their struggle being HIV positive yeah. and it's like it's great that actually that spotlight is being put on them stories as well because sure. you know that is an important part of the LGBT plus yeah. um, community and it's great that we can learn from other people's stories yeah talk about it and as you say bring it bring it into the mainstream and, and show how, how much mm. fun it is and um, RuPaul so a little, another little history lesson yeah. uh, so you know they have like the catwalk and they call it like a ball yeah. So that kind of stems from the 1980s drag scene. 
Um, so if you ever get the chance, watch the documentary on Netflix called yep. Paris is Burning. Paris is Burning. And right, that okay. is where basically the whole drag culture came from uh, and RuPaul was a part of that as well. Amazing. Yeah, and it's uh, at a time when LGBT plus people were not seen as equal no, yeah. and like completely outcasts. Yeah. They would go to these places and it was like the only place they could like be themselves yeah. and they would dress up and have um, th- these fashion shows yeah. and mark each other out of ten. But because it was like the only thing they had, they took it so seriously, seriously. and they would win trophies and and that's where the, these things like House of Abundance and House of Davenport come from because to have a house, it would start with like with like a drag mother yeah. and the drag mother would take in maybe kids that have been chucked out because they were queer or whatever yeah. and then she becomes the, their mother yeah. and looks after them and then and then they walk as a house so there is such a like interesting history to it all and actually there is a bbc3 program called pose which is incredible and that's more of a drama based on paris is burning right. so some really aw- awesome things to watch if you get the chance I'll do definitely I'll look forward to that and I'm sure Molly will be glad that I've got some exciting watching yeah. which isn't Dark Crystal because <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't like it what? so yeah I know. watch that first yeah yeah I've got, I've got to get that out um, well shall we come on to your number one then let's I think that's a good, do a, it a good time so we, we almost you? touched on it earlier yeah. when we were talking about puppets sure but my number one film okay it's kind of a genre yeah it is stop motion animation oh, films amazing. yeah so, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Wow. Is yeah, it a Halloween film? Show. Is it a Christmas film? We don't know. <laughs> but we love... Like, I don't know when to watch that film, yeah. but it doesn't matter because it's amazing. Anytime. But my absolute favourite film, yeah. you might not have heard of it, some people would have, it's called Coraline. No, I haven't seen this. It's the same kind... I think it's the same... Possibly the same studio. But anyway, it's the same style. Stop motion. And yeah. it's based on a book and it's yeah. about like this little girl um moves into a new house yeah. and like things are going weird and then she goes through like a little door into yeah. another world and it's the same exact world as hers except her mother is who's called the other mother yeah and she has buttons for eyes right and it's <laughs> scary yeah. as anything yeah, yeah. and um and then it kind of worked like, it turns out that the other mother wants her to stay with her in that world and to do so like she can she just has to say that so the buttons into her her own eyes oh, so it's so God. creepy and yeah, again it's, yeah. I didn't actually watch this film until I was like I don't know 20 21 right. so but it, it's definitely a kids film but I yeah. just think it's so uh, fantastical and again it's all models and it's the thought of someone like creating that model and like moving it it just must have taken a lifetime and I just find it so impressive it must be so painstaking that um, yeah because you watch the behind the scenes yeah. and it's like insane it takes them a day to do like 20 seconds because drawing you can you can sort of you can draw a pane of an animation and if it isn't going so well you can rub that bit out mm. but with a with with, with with a 3d object it must it's probably quite difficult to constantly manipulate yeah. that and then if you move it too far raging yeah you're done you're gonna have to reset that whole scene up so but there's like so some of my favorites are i'm gonna have to have a look i'm gonna have while you're saying that i'm gonna have to look at coraline on on so yeah i think nightmare before christmas is like the one everyone remembers because i think that was like 91 92 uh but then coraline box trolls yeah um, 
What's the other one? Ah, oh, the is it the Legend of Kubo? That's quite recent. Yeah. That one, which was not my favorite, but it was still a really good one. Um, and then I think it's called Frankenweenie. Frankenweenie. Oh no 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 no! It's called Paranorman. Paranorman. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I remember it being advertised. And that one, I think, is actually possibly one of my favorites because it has a little queer moment at the end, which is, just came from nowhere. And I was like. Oh my gosh. Unexpected queer moment. Yeah, in a kids film yeah. and no one made a big deal about it. It yeah. was really great. Um, so they are my favourite types of films. So how about ones like uh, Wallace and Gromit? Okay, like I can't ones? I can't talk about Wallace and Gromit. I really don't like Wallace and Gromit. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's the animation, I think it's more the storyline. Sure. I don't I don't really like films or cartoons when the comedy isn't Sophisticated. It's very slapstick. I yeah, I'm not a fan of that. So I used to I used to love Nickelodeon and I used yeah. to I used to love like Sister Sister and Sabrina and all the programmes, mm-hmm. but I used to hate Keenan and Kel. Yeah. Because that every episode they'd be like, Oh dad's got a new TV. Don't break it. Yeah. What would they do? Yeah. They would break it. Yeah. But it's like you couldn't see it coming. Yeah. And I feel like Wallace, Wallace and Gromit is a little bit yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. It is. I'm, I'm not going to say that I don't like it. I do enjoy it. Um, but it's it's sort of like a, it's, it's a sort of humour I don't go back to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like my sort of, the, the humour that I kind of enjoy is that obvious sort of like that joke that you know that where the setup's coming from. Yeah, it's just a little bit slow paced. Yeah. That one. But I mean, it's still incredibly impressive. Yeah, I mean, like how they do it must, again, take absolutely... Bloody, it's quite funny with that. Yeah. With them ones, the older ones, you can still see like almost like the thumbprints and stuff because yeah. it is all plasters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, do you remember what was that one? It was like Saturday morning. It was also stop motion, trap door. See, I had that because when you said you can do kids films, you also said TV, and one of my uh, potentials was uh, potentially trap door. Yeah, because it is it's wicked. I mean, it's got an amazing theme tune as well. But yeah, that is incredible. And it was trap such door. a short little. Thing. It was like five minutes on a Saturday morning. Yeah. And, but again, plasticine models, it's yeah. just like so exciting. Yeah. For yeah. some reason. Yeah. Do you ever remember what Morph in Heart? Yeah. Yeah. Good album Morph. Yeah. That's, uh... I mean, that was good. I, I, I don't even remember the humour being that obvious in Morph. I thought it was a little bit more, like it was enjoyable, but I don't remember it being like as obvious as in, uh, in Wallace and Gromit. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, good choice, man. Very, very good choice, Ollie. What was your number one? Uh, what I would have said, it would have been... It, it would probably get... Goonies would probably get muscled out by Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah, and, and I, I guess the thing is, is it a kid's film? I don't know. Because, I don't know, it's, it's one of my favourite films of all time. Yeah. And it's got kind of adult humour in it. Not overly so, but... I watched it as a kid and it just blew me yeah. away. I remember like, being a fan of it since I was nine. There was nothing better than Ghostbusters and, and still it's difficult to challenge it, basically. Yeah. But me. it's like, yeah, all them 90 movies were family-friendly. Yeah. A lot of them. A lot yeah. of the big blockbusters. Scary moment in it. Maybe a little bit something for the yeah. parents, but the kids would never really know. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, I love it. Yeah, so Ghostbusters. I won't force my listeners through another hour of tell- me telling everyone 
about my Ghostbusters story, but I will <laughs> tell you about it after. But I'll tell you quite okay. how much I love Ghostbusters. Great. Um, so how how the book's been going? What's the, the, the most the most recent one, buddy? Is let me find it. Is Kenny lives with Erica and Martina? That's the most recent one. Because this was the book that I think when I was when I met you. Um, I, what, what, what book was was had gone out to? You told some out to India, hadn't you? Yeah. Right? So I sent Jamie Penny. Goldilocks and Prince Henry yeah. sent 4,000 copies like yeah. collectively out to India. That's, that's absolutely the, the weekend just gone, I got flown to Jer- uh, Germany, no, Jersey, yeah. and we put... Oh, I was in... I was, when, what, you, last weekend or the weekend before that? The weekend just gone. Were you there? Um, so I got back this Sunday. Do you know what? Was it this weekend I was there? I was there for Pride, but yeah. also we put oh, books in all so, the primary yeah. schools. Um, on the I have to double check. Was it this weekend or last weekend? I went there surfing. No uh, way. Yeah, yeah, honestly. Yeah. That's so weird. <laughs> so sorry, go on, sorry. The more important stories, you went there and, and basically put a load of books in there. Yeah, so the, when I met the government of Jersey and the education minister no. or something. And thanks to a company uh, over there uh, called Mason Breeze, they paid for all of my books to go in all the primary schools on the island, which is really cool. Um... Another thing, I went down to Carnival UK, which yeah. is like do piano, and they're paying to put a copy of Kenny Lives in every primary school in Southampton. And the, the mission is to get a copy of Kenny Lives in every single primary school in the UK. So what is uh, Kenny Lives uh, about? So it's a story about Kenny who lives with his two mums. Yeah. Uh, but like with all my stories, that's not the, the focus of the story. Mm-hmm. He just happens to have two mums. Yeah. Um, it's actually about him. He lives in a world which is completely grey. So it's all black and white. Actually, it's a little bit like Wizard of Oz, funny enough. Um, but then some new neighbours move in and they are colourful. So Jenny and Hassan move in and their house is colourful. Ah. Uh, and he and his mums really get on with them. However, the other people who live on the street don't. So And they really don't like the fact that Jenny and Hassan are, are colourful. So much so that they tell them to leave and then when they refuse, they end up kind of like building a wall around their house and blocking them out of sight. Right. Um, and it's kind of about how Kenny has to con- convince everyone that being different is okay. Um, and he does that with the help of some paints which Jenny and Hassan had uh, conveniently given him. <laughs> uh, but this story, um, people might recognise the title. In the 80s, there was a book called Jenny Lives with Eric and Martin. Right. And that was by a Danish author called Suzanne Bosch. And she had written that in 1980. Uh, It was based on a true story about a little girl that had two dads. Did did, did they push this as saying this was homosexual propaganda? Yeah. So when there was an innocent black and white children's picture book, and then when it got translated into English and brought over here, it was vilified as as exactly as that. And... The negativity surrounding it yeah. led to the passing of Section Twenty Eight, which meant that uh, it. Well, I've actually written it in the front of this book. There's a little. No, I like a history lesson, so I have a notes for You've growing up. You've given me a few history <laughs> lessons here, Ollie. I love it. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so subsequently contributed to the passing of Section Twenty Eight, a law which forbade any local authority from intentionally promoting homosexuality or publishing material with the intention of promoting homosexuality. So that meant, from 1983 
to 2003, which is when it was repealed, um, books like mine were illegal in the UK. They couldn't be in uh, bookshops or in schools. Um, even if a, a child was being uh, bullied, homophobic bullying, the yeah. teacher couldn't kind of in, in, couldn't intervene and say that being a gay was okay. It, it was yeah, against no, the law. Right. Yeah, of course. Uh, so obviously it was a huge setback, and you know, two thousand and three. Yeah. So all of that happened. The book was banned, but then when the kind of the ban was lifted, and um, Gay Men's Press, the owner at the time. Uh, Neil Cavalier-Smith, he wanted to republish Jenny Lives with Eric and Martin. However, because of the negativity, the author had actually withdrawn her rights. So that book could not go on and Continue go on to teach children yeah. about um, equality. However, cut this year, Neil Cavalier-Smith gets in touch with me and has seen all the other books I've produced and he actually funded this product, uh, this project. Yeah. So in a way, we have been able to carry on uh, the the story. Oh, that's anyway. a fucking amazing story. Um, and I, I will say this: the artwork is is really impressive, mate. Uh, I t it really does really Thanks. does blow me away. I think you've done incredible. The colours that you've used with within the black and white, and that some of these, even the shadows of some of these people, just look so cool. Um, Thank you very much. There's also an animated version. Of this, of the whole story, I didn't jump in halfway through and ruin it. Oh, okay. So you can find that online. So I can check it out online. Yeah. Well, so what pop, we is can that do. Popanolly or .com, yeah. But if you go to popanolly.com forward slash Kenny Lives, yeah. you can learn about the campaign. And the campaign is, I want to get a copy of this book into every single sure. primary school in the UK, which is twenty three thousand, approximately twenty three thousand primary schools. Yeah. We've already uh, raised enough funds to be able to put the book into fourteen hundred. Yep, so amazing. about 22,000 to go. Um, but I tell you what, I will donate a copy to your old primary school, if you would like. Really? Your, yeah, on your behalf. Leech, I bloody love that. Um, and that, that's a Lee Chapel Primary School in, in Basildon. Yeah. That's so cool, Ali. Thanks, mate. Yeah, because I think Thank it's you. really nice when people can do that. And you can do that via the website. You can buy a copy of the book, yeah. but you can also donate a copy. Uh, and I think that's something that really means a lot to people because it's yeah. like, oh, I can I can help educate another generation. No, that's uh, amazing. And um, and obviously when this comes out, mate, we will we'll put links out and uh, and give a shout out. And um, amazing. I'm sure some of our lovely listeners will um, sort of like help spread the word as well, pal. Thank you very much. That'd be awesome. Ollie, it's been an absolute pleasure. It it's really been has. really fun. Yeah, I really um, enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much for coming on. Good luck with this. And um, well, let's, we're, we're neighbours, right? So let's stay in touch. You have to come and be in one of my cartoons. I would love You that. should do a voice oh, on one of my done. next videos. That's what we're going to do. Ollie, it's, it's a done deal. <laughs> Thank okay. you so much. You're welcome. Take care, mate. Bye. Boom Shankar, complete finale, finito, done, we at, all of that. Thanks ever so much for listening to both parts. Thanks loads to Ollie for doing the podcast. Cheers, Chris, for... Um, Handling that one on your lonesome. Much appreciated. Um, thanks to you lot for listening. Thanks to all of you lot for checking out our Patreon. And all I will say is please go subscribe um, on iTunes. Um, give us five stars, but say something ridiculous about us. And um, we're on all the socials, you know. And uh, if you head over there and you see anything by us, Please give it a like. Drop us a message. We like to chat. We're always looking for suggestions for top five. So please 
bombard us with those. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Thanks ever so much. Bye bye. Oh yeah. Sorry, I've butted in yet again. I just want to quickly tell you about this magazine. It's called Pod Bible. Now, Pod Bible is the new essential guide to podcasts. It's put together alongside Spotify and Acast, and it's a one-stop shop to tell you all about the podcasts you maybe know about, but definitely about a load of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about. I mean, in the first edition, there's interviews with Adam Buxton, interviews with Craig Parkinson, um, there's features on Jade Adams, and there's just an abundance of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there. Also, Spotify have given us these amazing little codes. So if you do get a print copy, you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone, scan the little code, and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device. How good's that? If you haven't managed to get a print copy, then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online because the digital version is all over there and it's all free. So every other month there'll be a new edition out. So go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well. Podbiblemag.com It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.